Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode 89 of the Sports Podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Tim, along with Anthony, broadcasting again from the house. This time, not in the back porch, a little too cold for that nowadays. A couple months of land. Yeah, yeah. Maybe four months? Yeah, maybe, maybe <laughs> April. Four months? Maybe after the first week of baseball season. Maybe March? You never know. Anything's possible. So there's a lot going on, as usual, but probably the coolest thing in sports happened over the weekend, and it involved our Youngstown State Penguins. Yeah, it was uh, for a season that you and I discussed on the NASCAR report. It went off the rails, and it never got back on track. It was just ugly. Um, And a feel-good story that, like you said, Tim, uh, reached national news, ESPN and Fox and uh, CNN. They all picked it up. Um, Penguins, I mean, really dominated. Probably the best game of the year. I know the offense didn't Without great, question. Without but, question. Uh, the energy was there. The attitude was there. The defense was phenomenal. I can't know what I'm going to my guys. Not the team that always plays really with tough. Um, and Nate Mays, who you and I have talked about all year, the leadership he displayed this year, it was absolutely tremendous. And uh, for him to get the, the last snap of the year, um, he couldn't even walk on the field. He had to be carried on and off the field. Um, Tim, it was almost like Rudy. It was Youngstown State's version of Rudy almost. Yeah, I can see that. It makes it, sense. It no. was a Youngstown State similar version of Rudy. Um, yeah, well, even better. I mean, just to set the scene for those who didn't see it, Nate Mays was on the sidelines mm-hmm. in street clothes. Yes. During the first half. And it was during the third quarter, I believe this became a thought process yes. when the when the Penguins got up I think 21 to 3 yeah. at the time. And it looked like for, for the most part that this could that. happen. And once the seed was planted, uh, the coaching staff and everybody involved mm-hmm. on the football program was 100% behind it. So Nate went to the to the locker room and got dressed. They helped him get dressed yep. for he can do this. And he was carried, you know, back out. And then they called a timeout with 10 seconds remaining. And then he, with the help of a couple offensive linemen, uh, hobbled onto yep. the field uh, and went into a huddle. And then they brought him right up to the line of scrimmage and he took the snap. They helped him kneel down and uh, get back up. And it was a, uh, it was really an emotional it moment. Was. And, you know, of all the things that went right and wrong this season, to see it end yes. on a storybook note yes. is is good. Yes, it is. It's, and I think that's – I think really it's a selling point for Coach Pelini yes. and his yes. program going forward. Yes. That we're more than a football team, we're a family. Yes, exactly. And, you know, there's been a lot of criticism coming into the last few weeks that, oh, he doesn't have his team and mm-hmm. that. And I, I never bought into that. I still don't. I think those who look from the outside and don't pay attention will say that. But I honestly believe those who are around him and around the program actually enjoy having Bo around. And, yeah, he's intense. And he hates losing, which is like any other coach I've ever met, by yep. the way. Uh, any coach who accepts losing is usually on his way out. Anybody and, who says there's a good loss is they're lying. They're wrong. And, you know, that's a myth of mine itself that yeah. we've talked about in the past. And we'll get into that right now just because you brought it up. That is a 
a talk radio talking yes. point, not a reality. There is no such thing as a good loss. <coughs> Excuse me. And the reason there is every team and every game has a desire to win that yep. game and prepared to win that game. Now, they may be outmanned, outgunned, mm-hmm. and outmuscled in certain games. And you know that going in. I don't believe the Cincinnati Bengals are preparing games to lose. No. I don't believe the Cleveland Browns under Hugh Jackson was preparing, preparing games to lose. They just didn't have talent. They lacked good coaching. They lacked a lot of ingredients necessary mm-hmm. to win. And that's why you had what was going on. You had a Mickey Mouse operation, you know, mm-hmm. with a, an administration or a front office in the Browns who were just absolutely went in over their heads and not qualified for the jobs that they had. And you had a coach who was really shown his inability to communicate and to really prepare a team to play. And that's why you had that ridiculous one in 31 two year stint with Hugh Jackson and then into the Mm -hmm. third season before he was let go. Uh, No coach, no coach I've ever met accepts losing, wants to lose or thinks there's such thing as a good loss. Now, a good coach will tell you that you can learn from a loss. You can learn from a win, win too. Absolutely you can. You can learn from a win, too. Now, a loss during a season can energize a team to recognize what they can do. Uh, A tough win can do the same thing. A come-from-behind win. A, a hard-fought win against a team that you never expected to be like a good. Like a walk-off in baseball can throw a winning streak over the Exactly. I mean, there's so many different uh, areas. But I honestly think, you know, the Penguins had a tough year. But two games better than the year before. They had a tough run in the conference. At times, they were uncompetitive. Mm-hmm. At times, they surprised us. And, you know, you have to win ball games that you're supposed to win, and some of them that you're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. And they didn't win too many they weren't supposed to win. No. But uh, they lost some they were supposed oh, yeah. to win. And I think that was the heartbreaking. And I'll say it again. I think at times we overrated this team's talent. Yeah, we did. And, uh, you know, it was what it was. But it was a wonderful moment. It was a great way to end the season yeah, going into yeah. the offseason. I think it is a building block for Coach Pelini and his team. And I think it was a culture statement. It was a culture statement. I think we actually finally have a moment we can talk about going forward Mm -hmm. for Coach Pelini. Uh, Maybe ever since the the miraculous catch in the end zone. Exactly. That wires you to the championship game in 16. I just, I honestly, uh, I think we finally have where we can actually talk. Yes. Yes. He has had that moment and his program. We can use that as a jumping point to see how good or bad this team becomes from this point on. Well, what I, what I love too, and that and that was great to see. It was honestly great to see us come out and dominate a team. Um, you come out and dominate a team, held below 150 yards total offense, or right around there. Uh, they didn't convert a third down. They're almost 16 in the country. We're going to the playoffs this weekend. You beat them up. Um, and then Nate Mace thing. And I think after the game, May said, you know, guys were afraid to make mistakes. And and then Bo said, you know, after the Indiana State game, he said, I found it. I found the problem. 
And all the naysayers can be like, oh, well, of course you guys did it. But we saw it. Maybe he did find the problem. Maybe he did find the problems and is starting to find solutions to those problems. You know, also he fixed them on defense because it, the same kid in James Robinson last year when I went to the game at normal ran for 200 yards in the first quarter had 92 the whole game. So he fixed something in it. There were no big plays given up. You know, so there's, you know. It was the best defensive game they played since early yeah. in the season. And in the end, in the, end the YSU football team or the YSU football program going forward mm-hmm. will always need a quality defense to have your opportunities to win yes. ball games. I don't care what game, what coach, whoever you are. You have to stop your opponents. Yep. You have to hold them to a certain level of uh, of scoring to give your team an opportunity yes. to win. When you get behind two, three touchdowns, it's very That's difficult to make a stop and to make a comeback. Uh, defense wins championships. There's a reason for that cliche because it's true. We've lived it for any team you yep. talk to, any team you follow. In baseball, it's pitching. That's defense. Yes. In basketball, it's talking about defense creating turnovers for your offense. Mm -hmm. Same with football. It's creating turnovers. It's preventing your other team from scoring. It's limiting the plays that they run during the game. It's the same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what sport you're talking about, defense sets up the offense to succeed. When you can hold another team to a lower number than normal, Mm -hmm. you're giving yourself the best opportunity to win. It's it's. Easy math. It's easy to understand why defense really wins championships. Defense gives you an opportunity to not expose yourself to other yeah. problems that you may have. And that's what it's all about. Uh, a good example of that is I'm going to bring up Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, they won the European Championship, the champions last year. Their defense was phenomenal. They held teams back. That gave that pressure offense mm-hmm. that they have an opportunity to score. This year, they've given up goals early in the season or earlier in the game, but they have come back late because of that defensive held and not let them expand on leads where they, and then they were able to get draws and late wins. Uh, it No matter what mm-hmm. game you're talking about, defense holds the your opposition in line where your offense then has an opportunity to succeed at the highest level. That's the simplest way to put it. Defense eliminates the, your opponent's opportunity to score and gives your offense an opportunity to be successful. Mm-hmm. And that's why, when you get down to it, you talk about so much defense winning championships. Because you're not going to outscore everybody. Nope. I don't care who you are. You have to ha- be able to make stops sooner or later in the ball game. Uh, and sooner is better than later. Yes. But later does win games. Yes, it does. So it's a combination of, of of being in the right place at the right time and making plays. You know, many times someone asks, "Oh, they scored too soon." I never believe no. in that philosophy. No. no. Because it's up to your defense to make yeah. plays. Your defense then has to make a stop, and you, you have, have to, to score no matter. Right. You yeah. have to be able to stop your opposition. If you can score with two minutes to go in a ball game in football. Score. And then yeah. you score, and you put your defense out there to make a stop. 
that's what it's all about. It's not saying, oh, we need to hold back and wait. Now, there's a difference if you're running out the clock when you have the lead. Yes. But then again, if you're going over nine points, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Because it's mathematically impossible yep. for you to lose. So, you know, that's what it comes down to, in my opinion. How You know, and like I said, like we said, and I don't want to keep talking about, you know, the Penguins, you know, six and six, but it's a great, great ending. Yep. It was a magical moment. Uh, congratulations to all involved. And Nate Mays will go down in YSU history uh, just for being the leadership that he yep. was. Maybe not the greatest quarterback we've ever seen at YSU. We all know that. But leadership and guts and willing to get out there and Nate play, Martin. you're not going to find nope. a much tougher individual whoever uh, wore the red and white. No, hopefully it's uh it uh, rubs off on the younger guys and uh, gets them ready for this off season. And next September, September 5th, the opener against Akron. So the rivalry is renewed. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. And we'll talk about that in season three next year when that time comes. Interesting enough, talking about a winless team, Akron. Yes. Winless in 12 games this past season. Let's keep it going for one more game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, many years ago, Kent was going through one of the longest yep. losing streaks of all time. Ended up beating yes. Youngstown State. Uh, Jim Trussell was the head coach mm -hmm. back then. And I remember there was a chance to, quote, tie the game late with a field goal. And someone asked Truss about, you know, would Jim yeah. think about, he goes, no, we came here to win. Yeah, we didn't come exactly. here to tie. Exactly. There are times where kicking it in a uh, field goal yeah, or something sense. to tie the game makes sense. If I was at home. I understand that because you, you know, this is long before overtimes and that. But my point is, uh, you just go out, you play to win. Yep. You hope for the best. And you try to put your team and your players in the best situation for them to succeed. Yes. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I think uh, Akron is going to have some big questions going forward uh, of what some of the the changes they made, and they're going to have to either dig in deep with the new coaching staff that they brought in, which I think they will, or we're going to see a quick change there next year if yeah, they continue uh, down Robert. that road. It's just the same. I mean, yeah. Kent's gone through many coaches, yes. and you know, in the MAC, it's difficult to find a good coach that'll stay a long time because they are used as stepping stones. You're program builders. You're yeah. program builders. Yeah. Uh, Tom Arth did that at John Carroll. He did it at. Uh, Chattanooga, and now trying to do it at Akron. Hopefully he doesn't get it going week one, but uh, I'll be there. We'll be there covering it. Uh, next year, season three, episode one, Tim and I will be back covering YSU and Akron. Uh, but speaking of putting players in right positions, there's a game tomorrow that uh, kind of means a lot to people around here, huh? The season is a season breaker. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, your season is made or not made by this one game. Yep. Uh, and that's I had an argument on uh, Facebook today, and so we say, "Oh, it's a game that doesn't matter that matters." And I says, "No, it matters." It and matters it's a lot. Sim as simple as this: you always want to beat your rival. You yep. always want to have that on your on your resume. Yep. And you know, a perfect example of that is. Someone asked Jim Trussell about that, yeah. and, he said, and he went on to say, well, our national title game has the score from the Michigan game. Our national title ring has the score. Yes. And, by, yeah. by the way, so does it have it on the Youngstown game, uh, championships when they played Akron. Yes. 
Yes. All those um, scores are on. That's something Jim Trussell did a really good job. Well, Jim Trussell was always good about tradition yes. and creating atmosphere and culture. Uh, he's the one who reintroduced the idea of singing the alma mater at, at Ohio State games. Uh, so, you know, he's always been about uh, embracing the yes, university tradition. Yeah, exactly. Tradition and, mm-hmm. and, and bringing new things to light and, you know, saluting the band and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Well, I yeah. remember one time, and I don't mean to get off, but you better, you bring it up, uh, the band. I remember why she was playing at Kent. Uh, 2000, I believe it was, when we went to the playoffs. We're winning late. Uh, Penguins had just stopped Kent. We're up 26-20. Uh, all we got to do is take one lead. That's it. And the band is playing the fight song in the left end zone. Trestle runs from the other sideline, runs all the way down out of the coach's box, screaming, ranting, raving, telling the band to shut up, stop playing. We still got one more playoff. Everybody's thinking, Coach, we won the game. We got to take a knee. And he screamed, and he would not tell his office to go on the field until the band stopped playing. And as soon as Trestle ran out there, that band shut up and stopped. And you didn't hear the band for a long time. You celebrate wins. You don't celebrate before the win is over. Nope. And, uh, you know, hey, it's obviously you don't want to show up an opponent, opponent like that simply because when you're trying to reestablish a, a, a relationship with a school, mm-hmm. you don't mind rubbing it in, but you want to do it the proper way. Yes. You don't want to do it the improper way where they says, you know what, I remember that, and I don't want this yep. to continue. And we really haven't played Kent much since then. No, we haven't so, played Kent since 2001 or two. Yeah. And, it's been a long time. Yeah. And then, look, there's not a, a real advantage for Kent and Akron to play Youngstown. Nope. Um, so anytime you can get those guys back on the schedule, it's, it's a huge. wonderful thing, and hopefully it'll go on. But getting back to the Ohio yeah. State game, uh, I'm looking forward to it. should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it matters. You don't want to win a national title, say so you lost to Michigan. Simple as that. And yeah, because, uh, as far as I'm concerned, that would be a black eye. I agree. And when, uh, this matters. As simple as when that. People talk about Urban Meyer and Jim Trussell and John Cooper and Earl Bruce and Woody Hayes. They're gonna, when you talk about Jim Trussell, yeah, you're gonna remember the championship game against Miami, but. The first thing people bring up, I heard a couple nights ago when uh, he was on with Bruce Trennan. Uh, Bruce didn't say, you know, here's Jim Trousley, he won a champion in 2002. His first thing he said, not a one against the team up north. You know, when people talk about John Cooper, the 2 10 one Woody Hayes, he won championships. But he all, you know, it always goes back to the 10-year war. It always goes back to, did you beat that team up north? Absolutely. And more importantly about this game here is – Setting this team up going into the Big Ten Championship the following week mm-hmm. in Indianapolis and you know, winning that game and moving on to the Final Four yes. and getting seated in either one or two because I cannot in any good faith believe that LSU and Ohio State will meet in the first round. It's just not going to happen. Unless Ohio State loses tomorrow. Even that, I don't think it'll happen. I think, if anything, they'll make sure, like, for example, LSU's one and YSU's three. Yes. Or, or yes. I said OSU. OSU. Yes. OSU is uh, three. Yeah, they, There's no way. They want they, that to be a chance. you got to do it. 
Yeah, those are the two best teams in football this year. And not looking that far ahead, but yeah, I mean this Ohio State team is so loaded. You got Olave at wide receiver. You have Hill. Yeah, and then you look at the running backs, and you know you got uh, Master Teague backing yes. up um, Cor- Dobbins. Dobbins, excuse yes. me. And I mean it's just so loaded. That offensive line is so big, so dominant. And then you look at what Fields has done all season. And now you add back on the defensive side, Chase Young, yep. and what he brings to this team. The defensive backs would get no credit how great they played this season. Uh, it's just phenomenal. I mean, this team is built for speed, and it's built to win. And that used to be the knack on Ohio State. They don't have elite speed. You know, that's not actually accurate and going all the way back to 2006 or seven, they've always had the speed yes. since then. Now, has it increased? Sure. Yes. And I think the game has increased, meaning mm-hmm. you, the need of speed all around oh, yes. on a team has got there. But you look at what Urban Meyer did. I mean, you look – I'll never forget when Trestle was still coaching mm-hmm. at Ohio State and they were talking. I think they were playing uh, Arkansas back yes. in the uh, – Sugar Bowl, yes. yeah. And Urban Meyer actually was the game analyst that day. Yes. And he goes, this Ohio State team is an SEC team speed-wise. He said it then. And he was not relying. He was nope. correct. Now, when he became head coach at Ohio State, I think he took it to the next level. Yes, he did. I didn't want to, you know, I'm not saying, you know, my point is he, he found even more speed for this team and strength and abilities. And now that day has a day is just going to run wild with that same thing. We'll see exactly how far he can take it. But it has just been really since Earl Bruce handed, actually Woody Hayes handed off to Earl Bruce. Yes. Every coach that has succeeded has been given the keys to a great program and a program that they improved and added their own touch to as it goes down the line. Even Cooper, who had top 10 teams, top five teams for many years, and unfortunately was never able to win the big ones. And that was his downfall. But, I mean, the talent level that he had was 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 extremely incredible. Exactly. George and Galloway and, oh, my goodness. It was phenomenal. Orlando Pace and Sean Sproul. When Trestle came in, I mean, the cupboards weren't bare. He was able to build it up and find Mm -hmm. A ways to win in that. I and mean, you look at when Myers took over. That team was undefeated for goodness yes. sakes. And that was, leader, yes. you know, and a great quote I heard from Urban Meyer in the last few weeks was someone asked him talking about different things, mm-hmm. about taking over a program yes. and being successful. And he goes, one of the first things I've ever, you know, and this is him, me paraphrasing yeah. him, uh, Myers. He goes, one of the first things I ever, when I talked to a, a brand new Team, you mm-hmm. know, and, and the first thing is, 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 I know you guys didn't choose me, but I chose you. Yep. And now you're mine. Mm-hmm. And that starts the avalanche. Yes. And you, in the belief in the program and, you know, his style and, mm-hmm. and that. And when he handed the whistle off to Day, yeah. and then Day, uh, you know, had the, the, the four games last year where he was a head coach, and then he had this season, and you could see the growth yes. of the program. Um, I don't know where Michigan goes from here. Uh, 
the worst thing that happens to them tomorrow it is anything Ohio's based. Ohio's been doing to every team this year. Yeah, they're gonna, I, I will be shocked if this is a 24-point margin. Really? Minimum. Really? Minimum. Well, I'm expecting I, I'm expecting it to be I really maybe I'm wrong here. I and I'm the first to say I, I think it's gonna be an absolute blowout. Do you I really? think yes. I I think a minimum twenty four point spread and it won't shock me if it's uh because it's the the rivalry game, the game that they try to they yeah, it won't shock me if Myers? it's forty five to seven. Myers said last Myers said a couple weeks ago though, somebody asked me, he said, Coach What's your greatest moment at Ohio State? He's won championships. He's won Big Ten championships. He's gone to the how many times? And he said, he simply said, scoring 62 on him last year. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a game. And I think that, and I'll be honest, and I'm sure that's exactly what Dave's telling his team, is uh, anything less than that, you know, we can well, do that. We can we can do even more. And I tell you this, this team is built to do that. I don't see Michigan having the, the talent they hang. The worst thing that happened to Michigan was Ohio State's juggling offense last week. Ohio State, the three turnovers, I I think that's back-to-back games of that Ohio State offense showing up, something on. The turnovers are part of football, and that changed that game, gave them opportunities to, to hang in yeah. the third quarter longer than they really were. Talented enough to do. I think if Fields goes in and scores, they get four to nothing that game. Well, yeah, that, that, I don't think Penn State scores. Well, you can't fumble at the one yard line. No. Matter of fact, Poland will be first to tell you that. Yep. When Perry fumbled at the one yard line last week, it changed the game. Yep. And you know, Poland took over from that point. That's like a fourteen point swing. Yep. They don't score, and then you get the ball. Even if you don't score, you're taking time off yep. the clock. You're reestablishing your your dominance of the ball game, and it really did change that ball game. You know, to talk about another scenario, yeah, similar let's, to let's to, talk about that. Well, I mean, we will, and I was going to say similar yeah. to when Fields fumbled the ball at the yeah. one yard line. You know, it's the same type of thing. You gave Penn State an opportunity to stay yeah. in the ball game longer. You made a couple more turnovers, kept them in the ball game longer. Truth of the matter is, uh, they won what. 28-17, and there's 14 points minimum mm-hmm. missing off that scoreboard. So 28, you know, 35, 42-14 maybe. Yep. I mean, 42-10, realistically. Uh, it is what it was. So you're saying a 24-point minimum. Minimum win. I would say I'm I'm expecting 45-7. to seven. You're going to have a lot of people yeah. in blue ready to jump off the big house. Yeah. It's about time. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to sit back. I already got my Coca's pizza ordered, so right. I'm ready. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot closer than 24. Oh, uh, what about 46? <laughs> no, I I think 8 to 13 points. Nah, nah not a close. Not a chance. No? Not a chance. You, this is this is Alabama versus Mississippi. Really? Yeah, it's not even close. Really? Yeah, Michigan's not good. Well, they're just not good. I mean, they are what they are. You better tell the people at work that are Michigan fans because uh, they think they're really good. Well, God bless them. Here's what I said. God bless them. I wish they well. use a a meaningless win or a meaningless half against an irrelevant team. 
that were really, yeah, we're back. We beat Indiana last week. Come yeah. on. You know, that, did you hear what Desmond Howard this week? No. Mike Greenberg asked him. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah I, well, my turncoats. Go ahead. Talk, yeah. talk about this turncoat. Let me hear about it. So it was Mike Greenberg, uh, Marcellus Wiley, or no, Marcellus, but um, one of the LSU graduates. Who, okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And he said, uh, he said, Des, is there any way you guys can beat this week? And Desmond Howard chuckles and that. <laughs> God, I hate him. He's a turncoat. You know, and he's from he, Ohio. He's from Cleveland. And Mike Greenberg says, so who's a better team, Des? He said, Michigan is hands down. And the LSU grab, yeah. Hey, I, I can't believe I can't remember the name. That's he right. says, are you kidding me? Have you seen what Ohio State's done this year? He said, well, Michigan's spanking teams, too. And the guy said, you played Army. You played Indiana. And uh, the guy's like, they don't beat Ohio State. But they don't beat Penn State by 11. And the girl, the host, she says, yes, they fumbled three times. They self-admittedly went ultra-conservative just running the ball. And they still won by 11. And that's it. Well, they only beat Penn or, And then he said something stupid like, well, they struggled against Wisconsin, too, in the first half. And, uh, Paul Feinbaum, who's not a big Ohio State fan, comes and says, Des. No, he's SCC all the way. He says, Des, they beat Wisconsin by 40. He said, last time I checked, Wisconsin still scoring against you guys. And uh, the LSU grad goes, Des, Michigan stinks, and they're in trouble. And he says, he says, Michigan can't turn the ball over three times and still blow teams out. Right. And Mike Greenberg walks away, he says, Point taken. Desmond Howard made the pose in the end zone to win the, the uh, Heisman. Heisman. Yep. All right. Take nothing away from Desmond Howard and everything he's, you know, achieved that year. And any other Michigan who's had success. <laughs> Let me put it this way. This is what's going to happen next uh, tomorrow. Chase Young is going to have a minimum. Oh, here a we minimum. Go. Here we go. Of five sacks. Five. Five sacks. And honestly, five. honestly, it won't shock me if in the process of getting one of them sacks, the ball ends up in his hand and he gets into the end zone and does his own pose. Let's look at Joey Bosa kind When he stripped his quarterback. Exactly. This is gonna really? be this is gonna be his signature game to show the world that, he that he's the truly the Heisman Trophy winner, that he won't get it this year. Because of the offensive bias. Well, yeah, and, and because he missed the two games and everything else. But Fine. there's not a better football player on the planet today so than Shea Chase pa- Young. Simple so you're that. saying that Shea Paris is going to have nightmares now. The nightmares began last week when it became <laughs> Michigan week. <laughs> I'll say, I mean, he hasn't probably slept all week. <laughs> Come on. This is not going to be You think Cold Cappy's slept? You know, uh, well, yeah, because you know he, he's safe, he's secure. <laughs> he's secure. You know, he'll be he'll be on his on his uh, commercial, and the uh, and the guy will be stretching it out wearing an Ohio State tie or something. You know, here here you go, coach. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you know, truth of the matter is, it's it, so you're predicting. Yeah, this is just Ohio State's so superior. To Michigan this year, it's not. It's it's going to be ugly, and if it's not ugly, um, it's because Ohio State's found a way not to win. Ohio State, yeah, playing Ohio State, State, State in the game. Yeah. Well, 
I've seen a lot of good football teams in my lifetime. And this Ohio State team is as good as they get. There are some really great Alabama teams in the last five, seven years. There's been some really good other football teams. This Ohio State ranks right up there with them. This team is absolutely, has very little flaws and has so much talent. I just don't see how an inferior team as Michigan this year can hang. I just don't. And quite honest with you, I look forward to the potential game with LSU because those are the two best football teams in football, in college football this year, and it should be a lot of fun. And I think LSU, Ohio State has even more intrigue because then you have the boroughs and everything else going into it. So it works, and uh, it should be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I honestly think... You know, you can start cracking open the beers in, in, in celebration. Oh, my goodness. Probably about 10 minutes into the first quarter. Oh, my God. 10? All right, 9. <laughs> Should that team up north even get dressed and come out of the tunnel? Well, they have to play. <laughs> they can't run and hide. They want to. They want to. I, honestly, just seriously, this is... This is just a superior team versus an inferior team. And it's a rival game, so yes, I'll give them a chance. No, to, to hang in the first quarter. But yeah, right this, it's probably over in the third quarter at the latest. It really is. Uh, this team's just too good. This the, the defense is just too strong. This offense it has too many weapons. I think Field it could go down as having one of the best days ever. I, I mean, tomorrow, if he has the worst day ever, it's probably the only chance Michigan has. I think tomorrow we see Justin Fields finally break out as a runner. I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking he's going to have a good throwing day. I really do. I think he's going to he's going to do gonna well. They're going to give you one-on-one matchups outside. Well, I just think our receivers are much better than theirs. Their defensive backs and the defense. I think he's going to well, have no, time. He played Army. Well, They're good. ready. Yeah. Well, good for them. <laughs> good for them. Go Cadets. <laughs> uh, I don't well, know what to say to that. Uh, you can know, you that's... tell uh, him is uh, not fond of the team up north? Well, it's just, you know, it is what it is. You know, I'm, hey, I had to suffer for all those years in the the Cooper. Yeah. I had to have a president of the university say, what a great victory in a tie. And... Uh, no. No. All I'm going to say is, ever since Jim Trussell took that microphone at center court in and said, 310 days, you're going to be very proud of our young team, team yep. up in Ambar, Ann Arbor. Yep. Uh, I am going to say the exact same thing. In less than 24 hours, probably in about 15 go. hours, you're going to be very proud of the team from Columbus up in Ann Arbor. Probably drop the mic right now and walk out. I don't want us to say this team's that good. I mean, we haven't talked about them because they just they haven't had competition all year. Yeah. And they played good teams. You know, yeah, they have. They have. I ain't gonna see here to say. Loss. Yeah. Miami, Ohio was playing in the MAC championship game. Wisconsin was top ten when you played them. Penn State was top ten when you played them. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're good teams. That's the same thing with Michigan. Yeah, they're a good team, but they're not. They're not. It's it's just 
The one white is yeah, one's at the top of the mountain. The other one is not even halfway up the mountain. You know, and that's just it is what it is. This this team is that good, and until you get to the final four, and I'm quite honestly, until you face LSU, I don't think we're going to be challenged. I agree with that because I think next week, I remember two weeks ago, I said Minnesota lose yeah, two of the next three. Yeah. They lost to Iowa. Yes, they did. And they're going to lose tomorrow to Wisconsin. Very well possible. But you know what, though? Harvey. Small part of wants Minnesota to win tomorrow. Just to get their butts poked. Just to get the, the, the whooping. Yes. Because I think they need a whooping. Do a little Bobby Boucher yes. on them, huh? Yeah. And open up a can of ass. Like yes. <laughs> I think if Ohio State plays Minnesota next week, that game's over at kickoff. Yeah. Well, I'd be shocked if they... If it was in four scores. I think it's going to be a fun day tomorrow because uh, the Scarlet and Gray is going to have a big day. Uh, I'm not real – I'm indifferent about this, about them both wearing home uniforms. Yeah, what – It's different. I know other schools have done this. I know UCLA – Yeah, my understanding they are. UCLA and USC has done it for the last yeah. 10 years or so, and some other schools have jumped on it, and I guess – I'd rather wear the whites. I, yeah, it's tradition to me. Yeah, it is tradition. You know, that's just, you know, the gray, the white, whatever you want yeah. to call it. That's, it's tradition. And I don't mind either it way. It don't matter what they wear. No, no. They can wear the black uniforms and they're going to. Hey, those look nice. Hey, everyone loves black. I, don't, I'm, I, I like just, the black. I kind of like Yeah, black. everyone does. I, I, I'm i a traditionalist. I'm, I'm a scarlet and gray, you know. Well, I'll say this. Person. No alternate uniforms. No gimmick uniforms. This game, you can wear it in any other of the 11 or 12 games this year. You wear your traditional well, uniform. Yeah, and they've run the rush colors and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, they have. Yeah. And, and it's just, oh, look, it's a marketing thing. I get it. I'm not here to say you can't, you know, this is just the way sports is today. And quite honest, a lot of the players at all sports enjoy the alternative look and yep. fashion mean stuff. That's I'm, all I'm, 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 I'm a football fan and. Quite honest with you, you know, we get I get in this discussion about the Browns, and I'm just, I'm spring practice, they're all whites, and everyone looks at me, oh, it's so boring. And I'm like, no, that's what they are. Yeah. Uh, you know, the orange and white. Yep. The orange and brown. Uh, what they wear right now, or I don't know, a combination they're of. They're ugly too. Well, it's a combination of. Let's see. We have an owner from Tennessee, so let's try to get a little Tennessee, Tennessee in yeah. And let's bring in a little Bowling Green. Oh, God. I mean, it's just, it's just, it just didn't work. And um, I'm hoping. I, I know next year some, you know, I'm not a Jersey guy. I don't go out and buy jerseys, no. as I've said many times. But if they go back to the all-whites, I probably will get a Baker. Well, I might just may. Say, there you go. I might I might join the, the Legion. On there that. you go. Or... Maybe I'll get a Chubb instead, you know, something, you know, because he's the best player on the team. There, there you go. And speaking of the Browns and the Steelers return this weekend. Yeah. What a weekend of sports. Tim, I'll say this. I I made a bet this week with a Steelers fan at work. Oh. How many lunches are you going to get from him? Uh, he wanted to go small. But he's not saying that he's nervous. He's saying he's, saying he's very confident. They and have a quarterback the named dead. Duck. Oh, he is very confident in the duck collar, as he calls him. He is uh, very confident in the duck collar. <sighs> Tim, I'll tell you this. You have a quarterback named Duck. 
Okay? He's going to throw a lot of ducks. And people who weekend. know me, I know I don't pick the Browns one very often. I'll be shocked if this was not a 14-point game. I'll be shocked. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with you there. First of all, I think the Steelers, if healthy, were pretty score? good. Honestly, does Pittsburgh score? Do they score a not. touchdown? The only way they score a touchdown is the Browns give it to them like they last time with 50 yards and penalties. I mean, I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah. Without 50 yards and does penalties. Pittsburgh score? That's an honest question. Without 50 yards and penalties in a drive, like the Browns yeah. gave them when they scored their one touchdown, the answer is no. They may get a field goal or two. Uh, I don't think, or unless they get a short field for some God-fisting reason. 24 to 3? Yeah. I think something. 21. First team to 21. I'll say Browns 21, Steelers 6. Two field goals. I'll go Browns 24, Steelers 3. 24 is my magic number. I've said this many times. Yeah. First team to 24 in the NFL wins most games. Yeah. And, um... If your offense can score on average of 24 points a game, you're going to win 12, yep. 10 to 12 games a year uh, just because of that. Because it's very difficult for a defense to give up four-plus mm-hmm. touchdowns a game and consistently and, and lose like 28-24. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it works in the NFL. If you want to see a magic number, teams that will score 24 or more points win. Teams that score under 24 points loses more games than they win. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's a weird phenomenon that I've been watching for the last 10 years. And I've always marked that as, as three touchdowns and a field goal, simple numbers. And you score four times. If you score four touchdowns, you should never lose. No. Absolutely. Now, I, there are times where you get in a shootout, and we've seen them. That nine teams nine will do that. Times, but for the most part, times, you better win. Yeah, you're going to win most of those games. And that's just the way it works. Once in a while, you get a shootout, and it'll be a, a ridiculous yeah, game. Yeah, Denver had a Dallas a couple years ago, 52-49, Yeah, yeah, what's the one with the Rams in the... 63-61 or something. Yeah, 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 right. Rams and the Chiefs last year. Yeah. I mean, you just get... Sometimes you get shootouts. This year? No. Uh, I, I still... I'll go back to that. You score 24 points, you win. 28 points, you're the first of 28. Very seldom you lose. Unless you're like the Atlanta Falcons, you know, in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Simple as that. Nope. And that's because their offensive corner got greedy. He didn't understand how to run the ball and run out the clock. And, you know, that's a different story. But, yeah, I look at this game with the Browns and the Steelers, and I just see even though Browns' offensive line is mediocre at best, I've seen within the last three weeks them getting back in rhythm, getting Baker to get rid of the ball sooner. Uh, Running the ball. Yes. And, And quite honest with you, I'm not surprised that the addition of Kareem Hunt has made the big change in this offense. Now you have two running backs. You've got 60 minutes of great offensive threat out of the Mm -hmm. running backs. And Kareem Hunt, as a receiver, has been a first-down maker for the Browns. You get the ball in his hands on third down, he finds a way to get to the first-down marker Mm -hmm. and beyond. And it's going to be good. I just, honestly, I look at that. I mean, that's the difference. Even though the Browns have lost Garrett for the rest of the year, what came down last week you know, with Garrett, not a big surprise. You're not surprising at all. No, and quite honest with you, it makes me wonder when he brought up that racial slur type thing. Yeah. That it has some validity on this level alone. You look how bad Rudolph was beat up last week. Yes. And you look at his, his offensive line that, Defending him yeah. like crazy. He got beat up 
you know, bad against the Browns. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, you didn't see them really defend him. No. I wonder if he lost his team. And that's one of the reasons why yeah, we've like, seen the switch yeah. in the middle of the game. And now that's why. And I think also to avoid the confrontation with the Browns. Yep. Uh, you know, is the reason why Doc's got the, the call the this week. I seen a great article by uh, Zach Jackson this week. Uh, matter of fact, I should look it up just because it was uh, the Browns are one in 16 since Heinz filled yes. open. Yes, the only win came in 2004. Uh, and Tim Couch was the uh, yes. was the quarterback. They've had 14 different starting quarterbacks in that time. Yes. So 0 and 14 with other than Tim Couch. The the Browns are favored in Pittsburgh for the first time in 30 years. I believe I saw that. There's a great article earlier this week. Uh, if you get the athletic, by the way, Anthony, yes. you've been talking about getting the athletic. Yes. Go get it today. I saw the sales on it today. Fifty percent off email. today. Yes. yes. You you should go get it today because you're a sports fan. You need to have the athletic because you can tailor it to everything you want, the teams that you want to cover. So it doesn't just have to be Northeast Ohio. It could be any team. Yep. And anyways, it's just great coverage. If you're a sports fan, I recommend it highly. And it's like four or five bucks a month on average. And right now you get like two fifty a month for a whole year. So there's a plug. Uh, simple as that. Uh, let's see if I can find this. It's Cleveland Browns quarterbacks over the, the last uh, about 17 games in Hinesville. Going back to uh, Tim Couch. Tim Couch is the only starting quarterback for the Browns to win. This is according to, to uh, Zach mm-hmm. Jackson, by the way. Uh, the only one to ever win at Heinz Field, and that goes back. Remember the kick? Uh, yes. The last second kick? Yes. yes that was that game. Uh, since then, a stretch of 15 losses. Now, here's the list of the quarterbacks the Browns have rolled out over that time. Are you ready for this? Kelly Holcomb, Jeff Garcia, Trent Dilfer, Derek Anderson, Bruce Gradkowski, Coit McCoy, Colt McCoy, excuse me, Thaddeus Lewis, Jason Camel, Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel, Robert Griffin III, Deshaun Kaiser, Mayfield. So there you go. Wow. So. And Tyrod Taylor, right? Who? Tyrod Taylor? No. No? No, he didn't play in that game. He did not play. uh, I was in Cleveland, I believe, that that game. Okay. But yes. um, But those are all the quarterbacks have started for the Browns in the last uh, 15 years. So, Holy crap. Yeah. And you can see why the Browns were where they are. And, yeah. hey, Baker Mayfield will have the opportunity to join Tim Couch as the only two quarterbacks to win in, to win in Pittsburgh at Hinesville. So it, it needs to happen. I mean, the Browns are just in a situation now that i got to give uh, Kitchen credit. He stole my one and no line. <laughs> it's been going around for a long time. I'm not the first to say it, but – I've been saying a lot about YSU this year. Are they going to be 1-0 this week? It never happened? Nope. But no uh, Kitchen adopted that after the 2-6 uh, start. Let's be 1-0 this week. And they've done he it three weeks in a while. 10-1. Oh, yeah. A lot of yeah. teams use it. I mean, it's, it's just an honest way to motivate your team and make them focus on the game that's in front of them. And that's exactly it. A lot of high school it. coaches use it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Football, more than any other sport, allows that to happen. Because basketball, you got two to three games a week. Baseball, you have a game every day. So it's, you forget what happened yesterday and you start again today in baseball. But 
in football, you have a full week or longer sometimes in between games. So you need to prepare for yourself to be 1-0 this week. You know, that's what you work for. That's what you do all the plays. That's why you do all the practices. That's what you do all the training for is to be successful on Sundays or Monday nights or Thursday nights nowadays. But you got to be 1-0. And I look at the Browns offensively. I honestly do believe they control the game running the ball. Mm -hmm. And Kitchen has that sensitivity to throw the ball a little too much. He loves – I mean, I understand when you have a Landry and – and OBJ and others that you want to get the ball in the hands of. But man, when you have a Nick Chubb and now you have a Kareem Hunt, just keep feeding them. Just give them the ball. You've got the leading rusher in football in in, in Chubb. Mm-hmm. Just give him the ball. Find a way. And use the short passing game. And once you do that, you're going to bring in the defense. You can go over to the top and hit OBJ mm-hmm. for a big one. There's no question about that. And maybe you can pull out one of your – your patent, you know, flea flicker type plays uh, have maybe even Landry throw a touchdown mm-hmm. pass or something. But I expect to see some type of gadget play, you know, with the Browns on Sunday, just because Kitchen likes that and he tries to set it up. And the Browns have players to pull it off for the most part. So I expect to see a gadget play. How successful it will be? We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, we're going to see one. I don't know if it'll be as successful as, as uh, Seattle's one this past week. Where they pitched the ball out and threw it back to the quarterback and uh, yeah. threw the touchdown pass. Wilson did. But I expect something similar vein of some type of a trick play, a gadget play, and, uh, you know, something. Hey, who knows when? Maybe in the third quarter, maybe mm-hmm. earlier, but maybe in the first quarter. I have no idea when, but I do expect to see it. It's got to happen. It's so kitchen. He, he can't, to make he can't resist it. it. Yeah. Especially in the big game. Yep. Yeah, this is, uh, When's the last time they swapped them? Decades. You probably have to go back to the Kosar era. The 80s? Yeah. Wow. I don't remember it happening in the 90s. Well, first of all, we lost three seasons in the 90s, so I'm not sure. I would have to say you probably have to go back to 89. That's incredible. Yeah, it's been forever. Look at this way. We know the last 17 seasons they haven't been able to do it. Matter of fact, they've only beat Pittsburgh a few times in the 17 seasons, and they were all in Cleveland. So, uh... You know, since Heinz Field opened, just go from there. You know, let's just get a W. I honestly look at the Browns, and that's what I see. I can't see this game being competitive at all. Yeah. I, I'm hoping. I don't know we can make plays for Pittsburgh. You know, this could be kind of like the perfect weekend. Last weekend, by the way, was like the perfect weekend. That's what Jim Trask was saying to Bruce Ryan. Well, it really was. Weekend. Because you had, first of all, the Youngstown State win in football. Mm-hmm. You had Ohio State win. You had the Browns win. Yeah. You even had the basketball team at Ohio State win. Yeah. And, you know, you, uh, you, we had the two local football yeah. teams win in, in the state tournaments. So, yeah, it, it could be. And tonight, uh, Springfield takes – A little bit here yeah, for 40 minutes. Yeah, kicks off uh, over in Orville. So, we'll see how that works out for them. And hopefully they'll bring home a victory. I still think one of the best teams in the state, no matter what. Um Phenomenal year that they've had, mm-hmm. and uh, Poland, I got to see them last week Yep. Uh, against Perry. Perry, a really good quality program. Had a lot of fun doing that game, by the way. Uh, and uh, interesting stuff I met, some nice people along the way. So it was a great opportunity, even though I was doing the game for Perry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, going into the game, I remember sitting next to the uh, to Ethan Hicks, who did the game yes. with me. He's a 
17 year old and he talked about my yeah. my uh, broadcasting career a little bit and how i knew uh gene, gene and all that and we started talking he goes what do you expect here tonight i says well i think we have the epic matchup of a great offense versus a great defense and uh, i think if poland's defense can play as well as i think they are i haven't seen them play yet yeah. but if they are as good as they look to be and what what i've seen mm-hmm. I said, we're in for a heck of a ball game. It should be a really interesting game. It was. Uh, Poland's defense was even better than I expected. Yeah. Especially especially against the pass. I thought their defensive backs were able to close and knock the ball away. We're going to have to be ready for uh, Lekin Galak to have a last year against Gerard. They can both a ton of points in the passing game. Right. And if they can hold that, and I think they're going to shorten the game. Their running game is so potent. They just have a, a smash mouth style, you know, very old Mahoney Valley style football, mm-hmm. and it works. Uh, Coach Williams has them playing really good. They haven't made many mistakes, uh, penalties in the ball games. So I think Saturday will be a lot of fun for them. And I hate jinxing either team, and it's not saying this, but I hope two and zero. I I hope we're two and zero, and we get we get games on Thursday and Saturday. Down in Columbus. I think it will be. I don't know. They haven't announced it yet. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. They got four games to play in two days. One's on Thursday and three are on yep. Saturday. We can obviously pencil in a Division One at 8 o'clock. Yep. yep. Don't have to worry about that. I'm so now you that. have Division Two and three. What they could do is move one of the Division Two or three game to yep. the 7 o'clock on Thursday mm-hmm. night, which be... Prime like time. Last year, yeah. Right. So be prime time. So the Division Six game would then slide into the 10 o'clock in the morning one, which other the two or three does not play on Thursday night would play mm-hmm. on um, Friday. That's the way I'm seeing it. Or they could just do one, two, and three on Friday. The Division Six would play on Thursday night, being the smallest division. I don't know how they're going to do it. They haven't announced it yet. I thought it was kind of odd. They haven't. So they haven't made up their mind. Right. Or, or they have made up their mind, they just don't want to announce it yep. yet. So we'll have to wait and see, you know, how this all works out. But if I had to take a guess, and it's purely speculation on my part, I'm thinking Springfield, when they win this uh, tonight, advances will play Thursday night. Thursday I'm night. thinking that will be the Division Six game will be Thursday night. I could be wrong. I would either you're going to play Thursday night or 10 o'clock in the morning. Yep. On Friday. Oh, yeah. Simple as that. I'll be yep. shocked if it's the 3 o'clock afternoon game. Now, that I really will be. Same for Division 4, 5. The, yeah, four, yeah, 4, 5, and 6 is Saturday. Yep. And uh, obviously, the highest division usually goes at night. So I would imagine 4 would be the mm-hmm. night capper, and then they may go reverse order in the, on the final two. I don't know. Uh, we'll you got to think if Nationals in it, they'll probably play 1 to 2 something. Correct. If then that would put Maslin in Division Two mm-hmm. on Thursday night. Yep. And I would understand that completely because we're not going to last year against Hoban. Yep. Yeah, and that's exactly what I imagine will happen this year. Is that Division Two game will probably be on Thursday, and that would make the Division Three game the middle game on Friday. Yep. And a Division Six at 10 a.m. on Friday. Yep. And that's probably Anthony, as you just brought up. I think how it'll work out. Now you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, even if Avon wins uh, tonight, um, yeah, I still think the same thing. Yeah. You got Ethereum in there. I think Avon has a chance. 
I honestly do. They're 13-0. Obviously, I haven't seen them play. I've seen highlights from Maslin all season long. Maslin's really good. Really good. But I don't want to shortchange Avon. I think Avon, 13-0, coming out of that Cleveland area. You never kind know. Kind of rooting for Avon? Kind of rooting for Avon. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I always root against the Tigers. So, yeah. Simple as that. Uh, and this year, I'm not anti-Tigers no. for the first time, simply because a friend of mine has a couple of nephews that play there. So, uh, and I don't want to see them not achieve greatness. Yeah. So, uh, I wish them well. But, yeah. In the end, it's all about uh, Avon tonight. So go, <laughs> go, go, Avon. I got nothing I, else to Well, you know, hey. <laughs> I have trouble rooting for any team in Ohio that does a block M. <laughs> yep. Especially this yep. weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> so this will probably all come back to haunt me, right? Yeah. This will be oh, the don't, podcast don't that comes back that. to haunt me? No, I don't. Don't say that. Okay. Uh, but it'd be a lot of fun. I got nothing else to add to. Well, I will do this real quickly. Uh, tomorrow morning, and I'll be headed down to the West Side Bowl for more Liverpool action. Got to see them Thursday uh, in the uh, championship series, and they uh, they did well. They they ended up with a one-one tie. I'll tell you what. More and more I watch this, more and more I get involved. Really? And I, I'm learning. It's yeah. so new to me because I know nothing about it, but. Um, it should be good. There's a major injury that happened to the uh, for Liverpool. Uh, Fabinho got hurt, so got hurt in the international play uh, break. So played last week and then had to leave the game because of an injury. So we'll have to see. Could be out a month or two. Ooh. So yeah, big, big, big loss. But if there's one coach or manager out there that I believe in, you can get it done. Is Klopp? I tell you what. My two favorite people in the world to watch, manage, slash coach a mm-hmm. ball game are Ta- Terry Francona yep. and Jurgen Klopp. Those two, I swear to God, they probably never ever meet and probably would have a great beer together. <laughs> and it would be a lot of fun to hear them talk just about their philosophies and how they handle uh, managing a team. And, uh, Getting involved, uh, it's just it's phenomenal. I, I tell you what, I seen a little post earlier today. Someone said, "You own a major league team, you can start it with any manager in the world. Who would you start with?" And I went Terry Francona. Yep, I've been a Terry Francona fan for the last twenty years. I wanted him the Indians coach when they hired Wedge. So um, it it goes way yep. back for me. Uh, I, I you know he went to Boston then, but we ended up with. with We're Wedge. almost within a hundred days. Yeah, well, we're almost good. we're making that slow, steady decline yeah. down. We're almost there. And my Magpies uh, had their draft. They drafted three players, so good for them. And we'll see, we'll get ready for that. The the women's competition about six weeks away for uh, Australian rules football. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm just I'm all over the all over the thing. And by the way, talk about bearing the lead. One week from today. A high school basketball season begins in Newcastle, and the running Hurricanes will be back on the court. And I cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun. My third year covering them, and like I've told many people, uh, blessed uh, to be part of that that, uh, family and Mm -hmm. uh, outside looking in. I don't even know if I'm considered part of it. I really don't care. (laughs) It's it's been just such a uh, a cool thing. It's been a run, yeah. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, my thoughts always goes up to uh, Shashi because uh, I think deep down, uh, you know, he had something to do with that, me mm. being there. And um, I'm just thrilled to death that I get a chance to uh, cover that school and to cover um, that that program. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to do everything I can this year to do the running, uh, running Hurricanes uh, podcast again because that was a lot of fun. If you didn't see it here last year, I hope you would hear it this year and, and tell your friends and family about it. Sincerely, follow the the Red Hurricane. They're going to be a lot of fun. It just they are special on the basketball court. And uh, Coach Blundo and his team does an amazing job each and every year. And it starts a week today, and I am absolutely overjoyed. So uh, the. High school football playoffs will be going on on Friday, but I will be in Pennsylvania and Newcastle for my first basketball game and Friday and Saturday. So, yeah, I will have to uh, catch it on uh, replays on the championship games at, at, in prime time. So that's all right. I'll be covering uh, my own type of championships. Yes. yes, you will. Yes, you will. It's uh, it's amazing. High school basketball is already here. Yeah, it is. It's already started in Ohio. Yeah, it- uh, tomorrow night, a lot of teams start. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be great. Uh, we'll cover it throughout the season here on the podcast, and uh, stay tuned. It's going to be good. Anthony, I had fun this week. I did, too. It was a lot of fun. It's uh, rivalry week, and it means a lot here in Northeast Ohio. It does, yeah. and it's been a it's been There's an interesting week leading up to it, and it's be an interesting week next week. Go Bucks, Go, go Browns. Go Reds. Go Hurricanes. It should be a lot of fun. I think I got them all in. I'm throwing beat Stanford tomorrow. Why not? Let's beat Stanford. Go Penguins, too. I can't forget about our basketball Penguins. Yeah, they're off to a nice start. They are. Should be good. Well, you might have to touch on that in a couple of weeks. Yeah, huh? you know what? I'm going to try to reach out, and, and I'm going to put myself on the podcast now. I'm going to reach out to Rob Schmidt, see if we can wrangle him to come on for a couple minutes to talk the uh Talk that about and uh, just to throw I this out. We got a big game in a couple weeks. Got yeah, you know who else? I'm gonna I'm putting out names. A two reasons. Throw One, I want yourself. to I'd like to have them on and B, put a little pressure on myself to follow through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna try to get Tom Reed on too from the Athletic. Mm-hmm. Uh, covers the Browns, mm-hmm. covers Liverpool, or covers I'd say yeah. soccer, big soccer guy. So uh, might even get a Viking Jim to come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be a lot of fun. So. Stay tuned for a lot of stuff coming up here on Radio MVP. So for Anthony, I am Tim. We will talk to you next week right here on Radio MVP.